0: Support means to hold up to give assistance enable to function to help or assist I like this one to encourage stand up for or defend that's what it means see a lot of times when we think about support we think that, you know, people automatically want money. Listen, it ain't always about money. It ain't always about monetary support. Um, as born-again believers, we can all support the ministry and the sharing of the gospel. And like I said, support doesn't always have to be in the form of money. Sometimes it means just being there for some somebody. Listen, you can i guarantee you if i call brother anthony right out here right now and ask him as a preacher has he ever been has he ever been felt has he ever felt defeated has he ever felt depressed has he ever felt defeated or any of that and i guarantee you he would say yes listen sometimes support can mean just being there for somebody y'all remember when we had the study course on Job? And his friends came and said the wrong things. And you know, uh, we said then sometimes you can just go and not say a word and just be there in support of somebody. So it ain't always about money. Uh, It just means being there sometimes for somebody. And as we'll see in tonight's lesson, we'll see the women who supported Jesus. And they were there until his mission on earth was complete. And we'll look at some of these women tonight and see what kind of impact they had and what we can learn from them. And now here's what I want you to do. As we go through the lesson, I want you to ask yourself, if you've really been standing up for Jesus, and are you going as far as these women went for Jesus? Listen, like I said, I was just telling a guy before I got here, you know, like I said, I got a lot of respect and admiration. I said, these women, when you think about it, Peter denied him, the rest of them ran away. They're somewhere hiding, scared that they're gonna be arrested. But look at these women, hey, they were the last at the cross. They were the first at the tomb. And then, I would never thought about it till this lesson. Mary is actually the last one there at the tomb with jesus when peter and john had left she ends up being the very last one at the tomb when he's risen from the dead but anyway that's what we're looking at tonight but like i said you know we all know jesus had 12 disciples or apostles but we often forget about the women and others who were constant followers of jesus and listen this is what made jesus ministry so unusual women weren't usually part of any religious ministry i mean if you were a woman and your husband was a priest you could go to the temple and assist but other than that it was very uncommon or unheard of for a woman to actually take part in jewish ceremonial religious or anything dealing with with religious ceremonies in the jewish faith but anyway uh, that's what made it different especially with jewish sex but we know from the gospels and i thought about this listen jesus had women who were second-class citizens i mean if you go back and look women they wouldn't take the, the testimony of a woman he had tax collectors, and he had all... Listen, Jesus had all kind of people who were considered outcasts. You know, I'm pretty sure when these religious elites, these Pharisees and these Sadducees saw who Jesus had following him, they probably laughed and said, yeah, I want you to look who his followers are. He's got a tax collector. He's got... a." prostitute and former prostitute he's got people that had been demon possessed and all kind of stuff but listen Jesus had a bunch of uh outcasts following him when you think about it it was very unusual for women to uh, follow a religious leader or teacher like Jesus was during this time and to actually Assist or help with the ministry, but that's exactly what the women do, and that's what we're looking at here tonight. Now the first one we're in Luke verses chapter eight verses one through three. And this is what it says it says it came to pass afterward that he went throughout the cities the city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve with him. Now, this is Jesus' second preaching tour in Galilee. He travels through the area preaching, and he's got his 12 disciples with him. But I want you to look at verse 2. It says, after it tells you he's got his disciples with him, verse 2 says, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa Herod, Stewart, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. So if you look, you see that Jesus has got Joanna, who's the wife of Chusa steward. Now this woman probably, her husband was actually a personal assistant to Herod Antipas. So he probably had a good paying job and she had the means or the ability to assist Jesus any way she could if he, if she needed to do anything monetarily, she had a, she had a husband that had the money that was able to uh, to reach out and help financially. But like I said, it ain't always about that. Um, Susanna and others who supported and supported them with their substance. It says they supported him with their substance which ministered unto him of their substance now like i said on um, this could be money it could be time it could be talents to support the gospel you know and i was telling somebody earlier just like the modern church these women had to be a vital part of jesus ministry or they wouldn't have been listed as part of the group listen these women were working and supported a ministry, or their names would have never been recorded. I mean, we don't know everything about them. We don't know every detail like we do some of the apostles. And nevertheless, they had to be doing, it says they ministered to him out of their substance. And like I said, we know there was one that had the financial means or was married to a man that had the financial means to help financially but the others it could have been time it could have been talents it could have been anything that they were able to contribute to help jesus while he was traveling preaching and teaching through galilee and this is the second time that he's in uh galilee teaching all right listen then it jumps over to mark 15 verse 40 it says uh this is at the crucifixion now. Then there were also women looking on afar off. Among whom was Mary Magdalene. And Mary the mother of James the less. And of Joseph. And of Sa- and, and, and Salome. Salome. So like I said last week. You know. Um, this is at the crucifixion. And these women are still at the cross. Now, they're standing off. They're not directly there where he's at, even though Jesus' mother Mary and some of the other ones were right there on, right there. His his mother Mary, his aunt Mary, and Mary Magdalene, they were all right there. You know, think about this. After the disciples had abandoned Jesus, Peter had already denied him and ran off, hid himself. And not only him, but the other ones had done the same thing. They ran off and left him. Listen, these women, these women, I mean, if you think about it, they're refusing to leave they're putting their life at danger i mean peter had to have been scared for him to start cussing and denying that he even knew jesus he had to have some fear that his life was in danger but hey these women they don't they don't run off and leave him they're still right there at the cross where he's where he's still hanging there and like i said it's his mother his aunt mary Mary Magdala Salome Salome the mother of James and John they're all listen these women there's one thing for sure there's a whole lot more women than there were those men that left even after you know I was reading today and we always talk about Peter and how Peter told Jesus he'd never deny him but if you go back and you read him read it after Peter says that he says Lord I'll go with you all the way, and Jesus tells him, you know, hey, before the cock crows, you'll be denied me three times. You know, well, uh, the Bible says that when Peter was saying those words, that all the other disciples agreed with him too and said, yeah, hey, we'd do the same thing. We'll we'll be right there with you to the very end. But when it came down to it, they weren't. You know, they had all they had all ran off and abandoned him. And, Peter even denied that he knew him um all right we jump over to John chapter 20 verses 10 through 18 and I was telling a guy earlier you know it's sort of like a um sort of like a Easter lesson here but um we're picking back up at the tomb so remember that dirty were and um and mark 15 they're the last at the cross and then look here at John 20. Verses 10 through 18. They're going to be the first at the tomb. It says in 10. 10 and 11. Then the disciples went away into their own home. But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked looked into the sepulcher. Again, like we said last week. The women are the first at the tomb. They're the last at the cross. They're the first at the tomb. Now here's the thing about it. Mary's already been to the cross I mean to the tomb early that morning she was there when the Sun came up She was there when the Sun came up. The body is gone. She runs back to where the disciples are hiding at She tells them Peter and John start running they run back to the tomb. She follows them back John outruns Peter he goes into the tomb he looks around peter goes in he looks around and when we get here listen they're gone again if you look at verse 11 uh 10 it says the disciples went away again unto their own home now makes you wonder what they're thinking jesus is rose from well they don't know he's rose from the dead But he ain't in that tomb, he's gone. And they go back home. I mean, think about that, makes you wonder. But nevertheless, if you look, they've ran and seen for herself that Jesus is no longer in that tomb. And they leave and go back home. But Mary don't, Mary stays here. So she's left at the tomb here by herself again. And like I said, ain't that amazing? She was the, she was the first one at the tomb that morning. She goes and gets them, you'd think they'd have stayed there until they found out what had happened. But they go home and leave her there. But look what look what happens in the next few verses, it says. Now, 11, it says, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And 12, it says. And see the two angels in white seated one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Listen. Mary sees the two angels sit where the body of Jesus had been. One where the head would have been and one where the feet would have been. I don't know about y'all but if you know anything about the Ark of the Covenant, on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat and at each end Of that box, there were two angels, and I thought about that, brother Anthony. You know, according to, and if you've ever seen a picture, it's a, it's a, the Ark of the Covenant was a wooden box that was three and a half feet long, and on top of it were two golden angels carved, and their wings were stretched out, one from this way and the other one from the other way, and their wings touched. And every time they sacrificed an animal and they took that blood. And they wanted to make an atonement for sins. They put it right on top of that mercy seat. And that's where God's presence came down and and accepted that blood that had been offered up as an atonement for those sins. And I thought about that. Just on top of that mercy seat, at each end of that three and a half foot wooden box that was overlaid with gold is where you put the blood And when she looks into this tomb, that's what she sees. She sees uh, one angel at the end where his feet would have been, and another angel at the other end where his head would have been. if you think about it, that blood would have been between those two angels. So there is that forgiveness right there. I mean, if you want to go and look look and see what a picture of the Ark of the Covenant looked like, according to the Bible, you will see what I'm talking about with the two angels on it. But nevertheless... Mary stoops down looks inside the tomb and that's what she sees she sees two angels and then in 13 listen the angels now they say unto her woman why weepest thou she said unto them because they have taken my Lord and I know not where they have laid him listen the angels ask Mary why she is crying, to which she responds, They have taken away my Lord, and I know where they have laid him. Listen, it doesn't even cross her mind that Jesus is alive, you know. Well, Jesus has told his disciples on numerous occasions, you know, that I'll be betrayed in the hands of sin, sinful men, I'll be crucified, but on that third day I'll rise, and they They weren't sitting there waiting for the third day. They weren't expecting. When they went there that morning, they didn't, I don't believe they went there thinking, well, he's alive. They went there not knowing what had happened. It'll be later on before they actually, it actually dawns on them what's happened. But it don't even cross Mary's mind that Jesus is alive. And I want you to remember that. It don't it don't cross her mind and then 14 it says and when she had thus said she turned herself back and saw Jesus and knew not that it was Jesus now we know that it's Jesus but Mary don't know it's Jesus after talking with the angels she turns around and sees Jesus but doesn't recognize him why possibly because she was crying could have been because he had a glorified body and you got to think about this listen the last time that Mary saw Jesus was three days earlier and he was beaten so bad he was beaten beyond recognition and I don't know if you ever thought about this or not but imagine being stripped naked hung out in the open you had your beard pulled out of your face you had your hair pulled out. You had a crown of thorns. You got blood covering your face. You got your ribs showing. Probably your tendons and, and all that stuff. This Jesus is beaten beyond recognition. And the last time Mary ever seen him, when they were taking him off that cross, the Bible says he was nothing that we would behold. You know, he was beaten beyond recognition. So when she sees him three days later, could be why... She didn't know who he was because the last time she seen him, he looked he looked like nothing that she had ever seen. But um, she don't know who he is. In verse 15 it says, "Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? What seekest thou?" She's supposing him to be a gardener. Said unto him. Sir, if thou hast borne him th- hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Now, you got to remember, when they went, when she went there early that morning, that Sunday morning, she went there with all intentions of giving him a proper burial. She went there to, to try to get the body from the tomb. When she gets there, the, the stones rolled away, and I've always thought about that. How in the world was she intended on getting that stone moved? She doesn't know how she's gonna get it moved, but she went anyway. You know, that's faith on her part, but you know, she don't know she don't know who he is, and uh Jesus asked her the same questions that the angels ask her, why she is crying. She thinks he's a gardener and tells him, tells him To tell her where she has laid him. And she will take him away. Now listen. Just like that woman at the well last week. She's talking with Jesus. And don't even realize it. That woman told him last week. She said when the Messiah comes. He'll tell us all things. Jesus said the one you're talking with. Is he. And here's Mary this week. She's talking with Jesus. And still don't know who he is. But I want you to look. What happens in the next verse Jesus said unto her Mary She turned her out Turned herself and said unto him Rabboni Which is the same master She may not know him by looking at him But listen to this She don't know him by looking at him But she knows his voice when he speaks to her or when he calls her name she immediately recognizes him and addresses addresses him as rabboni or my teacher now think about that he's just having a casual conversation talking to her she don't know who he is she thinks he's a gardener but when he says her name she recognizes him ain't that amazing you remember what jesus said he said, my sheep know my voice, and another will they will not follow. You know, uh, y'all know with this online learning stuff. I'm a, and I just realized that today when I was thinking about this lesson, I got about 20 kids in the afternoon, and I don't have to turn the camera on. And when that kid speaks, when Travis Hunt speaks, I know it's Travis Hunt. When Savante McKeithen speaks, I know it's Savante. I ain't got to turn the camera on or look and see who's talking. It's the same way with Jesus. Listen, when Jesus starts talking, you know it. Hey, when it when He calls your name, when He calls your name, you'll know it. Mary had done all this talking, but when He said her name, she knew immediately that it was Jesus. You know, and you've been in that situation where you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt. That it was the Lord talking to you. And that's what happens to Mary. Once he says her name, that's it. From that moment on right there, she recognizes, hey. And she calls him Rabboni, which is my teacher. And I remember she's been with him in the ministry. She's been traveling with him. She's been listening to him teach, listening to him preach traveling around from place to place, but when he says her name, she automatically knows. Him. Listen, and listen, I thought about that, you know. I know my student's voice and they know mine because we have fellowship every day. Every day at 1230 when I get on that computer, like I said, I ain't even, they don't have to turn their cameras on. When they start talking, I know exactly who's talking because I talk to them every day, been talking to them every day since some of them last semester so listen i talked to him enough i know exactly who it is and that's the way it is with jesus when you talk to him every day you'll know his voice and he'll know your voice you know and that's what that's i think the point here you know mary mary automatically when he says her name she automatically knows that that's him you know 17. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I, am, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Listen on. Probably knowing her plans and desires to cling to him. I'm pretty sure Jesus knows. He knows Mary, he knows her nature. He knows the type of person she is, the way she worships. And he's telling her, hey, don't don't cling to me, you know, because he's got to get back to heaven. He could be in the glorified body here. I don't know exactly what body he's in. I know he's still able to walk through walls and go into the rooms where the disciples are. He appears here. He leaves, he appears somewhere else and just walks into the room without using the door. But nevertheless, he don't uh, He don't want Mary to touch him. He don't want her to cling to him. He instructs her to go tell the others that he is alive and that what, and what was happening now that he was alive. You know, Brother Anthony was talking about this verse earlier. You know, only time in the Bible where Jesus addressed, and I didn't know it, only time he addresses his uh, disciples as brethren. He says, but go to my brethren. Listen, he's talking to us. You remember when uh, You remember when uh, Jesus was in the house healing and the disciples came to him and said, uh, hey, your mother and your brother are, are outside. You know, they're looking for you, Jesus said. These are my brethren and my mother. You listen. Here he calls them all. He calls. He tells her to go tell the disciples. He said, He don't say, Go tell my disciples. He says, Go tell my brethren. And listen to what he says. And Saying to them, I ascend to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. And uh, he tells them, Listen, I'm getting ready to go away. I'm going to the Father, God the Father, and I'm going back to God. So He he's telling them here, listen, people that don't believe in the Trinity, if they want an example of the Trinity, there it is right there, there's two of them right there. Jesus is referring to God as his Father, and he's referring to him as God with a capital G. So he's, he's referring all right so there's two of them right there and then you got the Holy Spirit is the other one but in verse 18 verse 18 he says uh, it says Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her now, i tell you what there's another good thing about women that tell something won't they blow your horn <laughs> Yeah, they'll tell it you know what they used to say the fastest forms of communication telephone telegraph or tell (laughs) a woman all right um but listen mary immediately does what jesus tells her to do you know think about that boy we love to get some good juicy gossip go tell it don't we hey this is one thing jesus wants her to go tell he says hey go back and tell him but she immediately does what jesus tells her to do and think about this she's followed him before his death she continued with him through his death and now she's continuing the following after the resurrection boy ain't that amazing like i said i'm giving uh i'm giving some young ones can say, I'm giving props to women tonight, last week and this week. So listen, she she does exactly what Jesus tells her to do. She runs back and she tells the uh, disciples what he's told her to tell them. Um, so, Anthony, you don't even think you want to add, I know you... Listen, Brother Anthony had studied this lesson too. So if he got anything he wants to add. I'm gonna let him. All right, but listen, on um, let me say this in conclusion. You know, like I said, support ain't always money. It ain't always financial. You know, there's a lot of churches putting ATMs in now. When you come in, if you need to get money out, they got an ATM there for you to take money out if you want to pay tithes or give an offering but listen to this in conclusion where does your money time and talents go why why am i asking that where does your money your time and your talents go why that's an indicator if you are a supporter of the gospel or not listen i'm gonna go ahead and tell you and i've had to get on my wife trace i said listen when you give when you give to some of these people they share your name with other organizations you got to quit trying to give to everybody you can't give just a little bit to this one this one and this one because before you know it they're all wanting you to support whatever charity they have but wherever your time your money and your talents go that indicates if you're a supporter of the gospel or not i mean if you don't contribute nothing to the gospel if you don't contribute your time or your talents That'll tell whether you're a supporter of the gospel or not. And let me say this: um, just like Mary, Mary didn't recognize Jesus. Uh, some of the disciples didn't even recognize him. Thomas wouldn't believe him, believe it unless he stuck his fingers in the prints in his hand and stuck his hand in the side. He said, "I won't." Believe it unless I see it. That's why he's called and Thomas. Let me say this And I want you to think about this if you're a supporter of the gospel or not The world won't know he's alive unless we tell them mm. listen the world will not know Listen a lot of people a lot of people have heard of Jesus They know who Jesus is, but they don't know he's alive. Listen There's a lot of people out there, and I can tell you from experience, there's a lot of people out there, even high schoolers, kids in high school. They thought Jesus was crucified, and he's dead, and that was it. They don't know that Jesus is still alive. Hey, and what gets me? They know he's alive when you start talking to them and them tears start running out their eyes and they want to know more They know he's alive. That's evidence right there That he's alive. So listen, but the world will never know that jesus is alive if we don't tell them I know we automatically assume that everybody knows But they don't They can tell you who jesus was but a lot of them can't tell you that jesus is still alive So they won't know unless we tell them. Another one, let me ask you this. Do you know his voice? Do you know, do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that when Jesus is telling you to do something that's him, listen, y'all, I got it bad. I go home on Sunday night, and I believe I try to watch everybody else's church service from the church that Sunday. But, you know, uh, I was sitting at home Sunday night, and I was listening to Preacher Lindbergh Chavis at Baker's Chapel. And I'm going to tell you what, that man's 82, 83 years old. But if he didn't preach Sunday, and it was amazing, you know, he told about how he left here as a young man and went, I think he said Kansas City, Missouri, or somewhere, but on not he went out there to work, and he said he had always known that God had called him to preach. And he got out there, had a good job. His wife had a good job. And he said one day, God told him, said, move back home. He said, go back home. He said, and here I was, didn't have nowhere here to live, giving up a good job out there. My wife left her job, come back here. We didn't have jobs, didn't have nowhere to live, he said. But in 18 months... I had a brick house. I had another job making more money than I had ever made. My wife had another job. He said, and two years later, the company that I worked for went out of business and my wife's company went out of business. He said, if I hadn't to listened to God and moved back here, I, neither one of us would have had jobs and would have been all the way out there away from home with people we didn't know, but God led us back here among our people gave me a church to minister to gave me a new brick home he said and i've been following god ever since but listen you got to know his voice the only way you can do that is if you know his voice let me ask you that do you know his voice and then the very last thing the very last thing you know Mary, Mary met Jesus there in the tomb at the tomb right outside the tomb that morning. Let me say this. We may have to go through the graveyard to meet him face to face. Mm. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, it don't matter to me. I'd prefer to go into rapture. But if I have to go through the graveyard to meet him, I'm gonna meet him face to face. Hey, I hope you are too listen. I appreciate everybody oh I'm glad to see all these numbers tonight. I pray you you get something out of it and next week we are talking about still talking about cold. We'll be talking about being cold all the way through the end of this month through February and then we'll start a new quarter in march next next Wednesday is uh Called to serve I'm sorry That's the last one Called to serve Next next week is called to explain So uh, Listen I don't even know what the lesson's about But I'm going to go ahead and tell you If you ain't able to defend What you believe in You better get in that book Because there are people out there That the devil will send you away To try to trip you up To try to get you to doubt what you know you believe. So you better be able to explain or defend what you believe in. But listen, we love y'all. We uh, thank you for coming tonight. And like I said, think about that this week. Do you know his voice? And um, let's be ready. Let's be ready. Let's go. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for these tonight, Lord, that's came. God, Lord, that has a desire, God, Lord, Father, Lord, to hear your word. God, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that we'd be challenged tonight, God, Lord, to to live better than we did today, Lord, to live better this upcoming week than we did last week, God, Lord. We just pray, God, Lord, that this word would change us, God, Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers, God, Lord, but we would be doers of the word, God, Lord, that you would... Take your word, Lord, transform us, God, Lord, and make us better Christians, God, Lord, Father, Lord, and help us, Lord, to hide this word in our heart that we might not sin against you, God, Lord, and whatever you do in our life, God, Lord, we're going to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Thank you. Thank you.